0: Trigger warning The Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. I'm Blair Kaplan-Venables and I am so excited about today's guest because not only is she one of the coolest people I know, but we have something very important in common. We'll probably have a lot of things in common, but something very important. So Lindsay Sutherland-Bowl is an empowerment life and purpose coach, an executive responsible for relationship development at Urban Outline. She's a podcast Host and producer of The COVID Chronicles Canada and The Last Hangover podcast, an amateur ultra distance athlete, stage and TV actor, and opera singer. She's also the founder of She Walks Canada, which is the national movement to engage both the sober and sober curious communities of women in seeking recovery from alcohol use disorder. Lindsay, hello, welcome to Radical Resilience. Blair, I'm so happy to be here. Thank
1: you for inviting me. It's so great to hear your voice and see your face.
0: Oh, I love it. If, um, you know, out there in the pod land, you can't see our faces, but if you mm-hmm. could, you guys would love what <laughs> we looked like right now. We look like women who are getting shit done. I have my get shit done bun. I'm wearing a smash and test romper, you know, and I'm really excited. So Lindsay, I really want to hear your story. Um, and I just want to say like, I'm really excited because she walks Canada launches like officially launches soon. And Mm -hmm. so I'm getting my lazy ass out of my computer (laughs) chair and walking, (laughs) walking, I'm walking in preparation. I'm doing practice walks to see how far my walk is and how many steps it is and how many kilometers it is. So I can do the math to figure (laughs) out how much I need to walk. (laughs) And I'm bad at math and I have little legs and I'm trying different routes because I'm new to where I live. Anyways, Lindsay. Hi, who the heck are you? What's your story? Tell me all about you.
1: Hi, Blair. Uh, Well, thank you very much. Um, So yeah, my name is Lindsay and um, I uh, I have... To this we've come, I think, is the best place to start. Um, I am the founder of She Walks Canada, which is the national movement to empower and engage women who want to lead alcohol-reduced or alcohol-free lifestyles. And I came to that, honestly, uh, because I certainly have had... you know, everything going for me, I had an interesting career that allowed me to travel the world. And um, I was able to get an education, you know, I've been married a few times, is counting. And I'm, you know, I, I've really been very lucky in my life. But the problem that I, I had is that um, I drank too much. And it negatively impacted every, every, every area of my life. And what that looked like for me is I underperformed. In every avenue of my life, you know, I, I underperformed at work. I underperformed uh, in my friendships. I underperformed <laughs> my marriage. I underperformed everywhere, you know. And it just got to a point in my life where I no longer wanted to uh, set myself up for a life that didn't matter because everything I was doing was setting myself up for a life that wasn't going to mean anything because I wasn't showing up. And I decided I wasn't going to. Spend one more day not showing up. So I made the big, bold, bad, difficult, empowering, enlightening, grueling, challenging, euphoric decision to stop drinking. And why that was so important um, is because I I was drinking alcohol, like wine, red wine was my drink. Um, red and wet, <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> it didn't really matter what kind it was, um, but I was doing that every day and uh, I did that to numb out from the either depression or anxiety I was feeling because of the life that I had created. The more that I drank, the more I um, seeped into, um, the well of underperforming and, um, and that over time made me miserable because I knew I was capable of great things. And the only thing I seemed to be capable of was numbing out. So I made the decision to change and, um, and it was brutal at the beginning. Um, and I, I had no sober friends. I had no sober community, really. Uh, And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I had to make a change or it was going to kill me, really. It was either going to kill my soul or kill my physical body. And I didn't want either one. So um, I started walking. And, uh, I got out of my house and the longest I could walk on the first day that I didn't have a drink, which is January 24, 2020, I went for the longest walk. I felt like a freaking rock star because I walked for two kilometers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I feel great. And, um, and I liked being outside in nature, you know, and I felt like I could breathe and hear myself. It was very strange. And, um, the next day I didn't drink and I went for another walk and it was another 2k. And then the next day I didn't drink anyway. So this goes on and on and on. So, but by the time I got to 11 months sober, I was walking 10k a day and, um, my life had totally changed and I had no idea what I was in for, but I knew it was a hell of a lot better than where I'd been.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Bravo. That was and a big, long
1: story, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> it was great. It, it's not even over yet. That's just the beginning. Like January 24th, 2020 was only two years ago. Mm-hmm. You have a huge, long life ahead of you. You, know, you. you have been, oh, I don't know what the word is, like not to sound religious, but like reborn, but you're not reborn. It's like you, you're rebirthed because you have to relearn how to do everything sober. And I only speak of this because your story resonates with me because I'm also sober. Mm-hmm. And my day is January 1st, 2019, so I am three years, no alcohol, and I had to relearn how to do everything in my life without alcohol. Mm. And the fact that you took it to the streets to heel toe and hoof it, Mm -hmm. hoof it around and Mm -hmm. got up to 10 kilometers a day is so empowering Mm -hmm. because you didn't just wallow. You made you made a conscious effort to do something about it and to become a better version of yourself. Now, I I was just thinking when you said your date, which is January 24th, 2020, that was two months before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh How God. was that for you?
1: Well, it's funny. I mean, there've been so many times where I said during the pandemic that if I was still drinking, I would be, you know, I'd wake up drunk, you know. <laughs> um, there was an observation that my my husband shared with me as, you know, upon reflection, once I got sober, he said, you know, it was interesting because your drink this is what he said, you're drinking, it was getting earlier and earlier and earlier. I didn't necessarily notice that you were drinking more, but I noticed you were drinking earlier. And, you know, with the pressures that we're all feeling, you know, with COVID, I would absolutely you know, be drinking at like 9am, you know, and I'm just so grateful that that's not the case. And so I believe for me, actually, even though in some respects, it's, it's difficult to to have been sober throughout the pandemic, I feel like it's one of the greatest blessings for a bunch of reasons. Number one, <laughs> I could blame the pandemic for not being social. So I didn't have to go out and have that weird, awkward experience where people ask me if I'm pregnant because I'm not drinking, (laughs) you know, and all those stupid things that people say in question, uh, when we're not drinking. Um, so I didn't have that. Um, but I could also, uh, go through my process of the difficulty at the beginning part of recovery alone, you know, because I wasn't expected to be anywhere because nobody was expected to be anywhere. Um, so I think I really, I got a little bit lucky, uh, with the timing of the pandemic pandemic, even though it may seem as though it would be a difficult time to get sober.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like, thank you for sharing because for me, when I stopped drinking, my social circles changed because my activities changed, Mm -hmm. things changed. And Mm -hmm. my group of friends, like I still had the same friends, but what I did instead of making Dinner and drink plans was let's go on a hike, <laughs> you know, day, oh, daytime activities. And yeah, I mean, doing it when the excuses no, like not to go out, because it's a pandemic and you can't, like you actually can't go out mm-hmm. is is kind of a gift because yeah. it's you know, I the pandemic had a lot of there's we're still in it, it has a lot of darkness, but there is a lot of light in the darkness and, you know, not just, did you choose to go sober, but you chose to walk? Like what other, like, what kept you going every day? Like, did you choose to go to another organization like AA? Did you have a mentor? Like, tell, tell me about like the supports you had in place or did you just do it alone with your two legs? Um. Well,
1: I would. Okay. So in July of 2019, I, like I had known for a long time that I had had a problem with drinking, but I wasn't ready to do anything about it. And then sometime in July, I don't, I don't know what <laughs> possessed me, but I, I put something in the search engine, and out popped Endow's at Johnston's book, Drunk the Intimate Relationship Between Women and Alcohol." And when I read that title, I'm like, oh my god, I resonate with every single word in this in this title. So I read the book, and and you know, it was like the stamp of approval that you never want to get alcoholic, you know. Um, and I certainly wasn't prepared to. Call myself that. I wasn't prepared to do anything about that. But in reading that book, I was prepared to listen. And so for six months, I went to everything that Anne spoke at. And I tried to, um, well, I did start reading a lot of Quitlet books. Uh, Laura McGowan's book was really helpful. Uh, we Are the Luckiest. Uh, Lisa F. Smith's book, Rolex Out of a Bar. Um, Catherine Gray, uh, Oh, what's the name of that? The unexpected Joy of Being Sober. It's, a, it's actually my funny, the funniest sober book I read. Um, but so I started reading, reading literature, Quitlet. Um, and I also found myself at, um, it's so funny, I call it group, but they were just, you know, meetings for women. And it was with a group called She Recovers. And uh, it was all, Women and I had never been to a group before and I had called like AA, for example, and I I tried legit. I tried twice to go to AA and I'm like, Nope. I just was not gonna for me, I was not gonna get into a, a basement of a community center with a bunch of people I didn't know, especially a bunch of dudes, and get vulnerable and share my shit. Like there's absolutely no way that I was gonna do that. But I would go to a group um that was women that would be talking about not just alcohol, but for whatever, whatever it is that they were dealing with. And so I was the drunk jerk that would be going to these meetings. And I wasn't like drunk at the meetings usually, but I did still have a drinking problem. You know, and so I remember the first week, you know, you, you, you know what this is like. I mean, you go to these meetings, you, everybody introduces themselves, says, says their name, you know, why they're there, you know, and you know what they're grateful for. I'm like, I just want to puke and get the fuck out of here. Right. But then everybody, you know, does their share. I'm like, I'm going to die. I don't want to be in a sharing circle. I don't. Anyways, but the most amazing thing happened, you know, that we do the share. I I agreed to, I agreed with myself that I would at least participate in this one fucking meeting that I didn't want to be at, you know? And, and so when it came time to share, the first woman went and she spoke for like five minutes and it, it was the most raw, authentic, vulnerable thing I had ever seen, and she was an alcoholic, and that shocked me, but what was even more shocking was the response from the women that were also in the room, that there was there was no response, nobody gave advice, nobody crosstalked. nobody gave their two cents, none of that shit. It was a bunch of women there listening, and what I've come to learn is holding space, For this woman who was sharing her shit. And I started to cry. I was the, so I was a drunk jerk in the room that started to cry. And I said, I just remember thinking to myself, I'm never going to see that again. That was a once in a lifetime thing until the very next woman did the exact same thing. And then the very next woman did the exact same thing. I'm like this group meeting shit. This is fucking amazing. I got to do this. And so I went every week, every time I could go, I went and it wasn't until six months later that I decided it was time to pull the plug. Um, but there was something about being able to show up to those meetings where I could show up as myself, you know, still drinking and they still, accept. and I, it's not like I hit it. I said to them, listen, I'm still drinking. You know, and I was a bitter drunk. I was a drunk jerk, but they took me anyway.
0: And that is so powerful because there is a lot of focus on people, women who are sober or who want to get sober. But I don't really see a lot of support out there for the sober curious who are still drinking and they know one day they have to stop, just today is not the day. And the fact that you had that community is probably a huge part of your journey. So thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, we're coming up to January 24th, your two year soberversary. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to call it, Mm -hmm. some people call it a birthday.
1: But what are we doing,
0: (laughs) Lindsay, to celebrate? (laughs) I'm so
1: excited. So um, She Walks Canada is um, a reflection of what worked for me in my recovery. And there were two things that were present in my life. uh, The seventh time that I got sober, um, the time that it stuck. And those two things were that I had a community of women um, that we're weathering the same storm. We're all in different boats, but we're weathering the same storm. And I had started to walk every day without, without excuse. And the combination of what in reflection I now realize is prioritizing my physical and mental health allowed me to create a support system uh, that would get me through you know, the first several months when I was most likely to go back to drinking. And because I had those systems in place, I was able to stay sober and continue to stay sober. And I think the greatest testament of the strength of my sobriety is that when I was sober curious, I remember thinking like so many women, how are you gonna have a life without alcohol? Do I even want a life without alcohol? Like two I can't imagine a situation where I would choose to drink. And that is an incredibly empowering place to be. And so on the 24th uh, of January to July 27th, uh, the She Walks Canada platform is live. And uh, what we're doing is offering online uh, support gatherings, uh, just as they were for me when I was going through recovery uh, in all the time zones across Canada, both French and English, facilitated by uh, certified life and recovery coaches. Um, there is an online Facebook group that's private um, where we can go support each other, share stories, find sober and accountability buddies. Um, there's a huge, uh, resource section on the website, you know, podcasts, books, articles, um, things that I found particularly helpful to me as I was getting sober. Um, and there's the, uh, the last hangover podcast, uh, that I will be hosting and it, uh, will feature uh, women leaders in the sober movement, but also many of the international best-selling authors of the books that were pivotal on my recovery journey, specifically the ones that I just mentioned. Um, uh, and the movement isn't just for people who are, you know, wanting or trying to drop the bottle. I mean, like, there's a whole bunch of other people who just want to support us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to lead an alcohol-free life? Awesome! Let me support you. And some of those are the husbands of us. Some of those are the best friends of us. Some of them are coworkers of us. Um, and it's great to see um, the support for people who just want to be better.
0: Yes, it's not just for those who are sober. It's for those who are sober. Those women who are sober. It's for women who are sober curious. Mm -hmm. It is for males and females who want to support the sober and sober curious. Mm -hmm. And how can they support us? Besides registering for free, anyone can register for free. You can even be anywhere in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and getting out of your computer chair and off the couch and walking, (laughs) which is super simple for most mm-hmm. people, I shouldn't mm-hmm. assume anything, but I, I mean, there's other ways to support too. Like you have a GoFundMe.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you for mentioning that. Um, and also with the, with the walking, you can ski cycle, swim, snorkel. Don't care. <laughs> it's just is about being physically active and so you can move your, body. Move move your, your body. body. She walks is
0: It's basically like she moves Canada as in like move your body. Yes. And so our goal is to get, you know, from
1: one side of the country to the other in six months. So we're going to need all the help we can get. Um, but you know, when when I first envisioned this, this walk in, uh, April uh, of last year, um, we needed to build a platform that could house, you know, this initiative and, uh, through the generous support of 74 donors, we raised $20,000 to do that. And um, we are looking to continue uh, receiving donations so that we can continue to provide the support that uh, half a million Canadian women need. And just as a note, you know there, that is the stat from 2018, that there's half a million uh, Canadian women that are dealing with um, an alcohol issue. Uh, but let's also... Uh, note that that is a pre-pandemic number.
0: So if you're listening to this and there are people in your life that you want to support like me, (laughs) (laughs) I'll be walking, you know, I'll be walking. I'm sober. My friends out there, if you're listening, even if you're still drinking, if you still drink, you enjoy your casual drinks or whatnot. Friends all over the world, male and female, you can sign up, just register, whether you walk once a week or every day, mm-hmm. you walk, you walk. I know you do. You get out of bed, get out of bed. And a lot of my friends we're, we, we've become a Peloton group. <laughs> and I just noticed the other day, I'm like, it tells me how many kilometers I've ridden. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm better at riding very far on my Peloton than walking, but I love Unless it all. Soul. Yeah. I love my it. My butt can't take that. <laughs> oh man. I love the Peloton, but the fact is like, you know, you can just be a supporter. You can be my family. You can be Lindsay's family. You can be a coworker. You can be anyone. Literally, if you're thinking about this and you're listening, you're like, I don't really know anyone who's sober, or sober curious. I bet you, you do. Why not sign up and do this anyways? So like to join, there's no financial commitment. You're just committing to move your body and log your kilometers because how many kilometers is it between coast to coast? It's like 7,000 something or other, right? Yeah.
1: Our route is 7,315.
0: So yes. Well, wouldn't that be amazing if we could even surpass that?
1: Yes, it would. And the thing is, I, I think that this is true. I think, I think we will surpass it perhaps not in the first year because we are building we are in the foundational stages of building this movement and redefining what this movement is to Canadian women Uh, but over time we're going to walk back and forth and we're going to do it over and over and over again
0: so if you walk 10 kilometers a day and there's 365 days I'm bad at math at least 3600 kilometers yes Is that right? It's covered by Lindsay. So come on, Canada. Come on world. (laughs) We could help her out with the other half. I mean, maybe I'll get up to 10 kilometers a day, but I move my body every day. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so important because you know what, like you, I tried to quit a few times. I, my father lives with addiction. Um, you know, grade 12, I was voted wildest party animal. I was the kid sneaking in, you know, bottles of rum taped to my inner thigh into concerts and school dances. And I had a lot of fun. Like I, I always knew where the party was and it was great, but you know, as I got older and you know, as life got more real, you know, I didn't have a drinking problem in the sense of waking up and drinking all day, every day. I like to think of it being more of a uh, alcohol was the gateway to making bad decisions. So mm. for me, I could say no to one drink, but as soon as I had a drink, I wanted more. Yeah. And at the end of 2018, when I learned, my father was terminally ill. My father who lives with addiction, who I am a lot like, um, my drinking just got scary. It was holiday time. I was in Whistler. There was free booze everywhere. Mm. And I, made a decision. Okay. New Year's is going to be my last time drinking. I don't know for how long because I tried to stop drinking the year prior and I stopped for three months. And what got me was I got on a plane to LA. They bumped me up to first class and gave me free champagne. Now, how could I say no to that? But today I've turned down so much free alcohol, (laughs) bottom of the barrel premium booze, because to me, my health is much more important than a flute of champagne in first class. Also, where am I going? It's a pandemic. But that's besides the point. Like I knew in December 2018 that New Year's was going to be my last drink. I didn't decide if it was going to be forever. I just said, while navigating my father's end of life, I can't be drinking because I have anxiety. I have depression. It was making everything worse. And I was just not liking who I became. And on New Year's, day so my last drink was probably at like 4 (laughs) a.m you know because it was a big party night because i knew i was saying sayonara to that person who i was i woke up to an apology letter from my dad apologizing for his addiction and for being the father he became because of his addiction and that was just a confirmation to me that like i need to take sobriety seriously you know, and everyone, but Blair, but you weren't an alcoholic. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how, who are you to define what I am? But you don't have a problem with drinking. I'm like, well, I do like alcohol is a problem with me, which means I have a problem with alcohol and there's such a you spectrum, know, right?
1: I'm so glad that you said this. You know, there's a lot of people who say, um, how do we support our, you know, when somebody says to me, I have an alcohol problem or like my wife has an alcohol problem or something. Um, One of the worst things to say is, No, you don't. And I want to explain why that is not a good thing to say and offer an option. So when somebody says to you, I have a drinking problem, or I'm concerned about my drinking, or I need to get help, the response is not, You don't have a problem. And the reason why that response is not the right response is because it's actually an enabling response. I believe when people say, no, you don't, the intention behind that is to make the speaker feel better. You know, like, don't worry about it. You know, it's okay. We'll work it out. But what it's actually saying, number one, is you've just negated what the speaker has already just said, what their experience is. And so that is not the time to come back and tell them they're wrong. And it is also not the time to enable the problematic behavior that they know and are now admitting is problematic for them. So if somebody comes to you and says, I have a drinking problem, the best, I should say, there are many good, good responses, but let me just go over a few good responses. How can I help? Thank you for telling me thank you for trusting me with that information. I'm here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. What can I do to support you?
0: Such powerful responses. And a lot of the times when someone's struggling, you might be a close friend and you don't know because a lot of it happens behind closed doors. Like I will never forget that my dad told me most of his drug use happened alone and behind closed doors. And it just, what you see is usually the tip of the iceberg with anything. Like you don't really know what happens. And Especially now. Especially now. Because literally all the doors are closed. Yeah. The masks are on. (laughs) But, you know, I think what we- have done is started to have this really important dialogue in the, in the radical resilience world. You know, the resilience project came out of the same experience with my dad. You know, my dad and I's story is what inspired my sobriety and it is what inspired this podcast. And you Mm. Lindsay are so inspiring and I'm excited to walk alongside you, but in British Columbia, (laughs) I want to invite everyone listening, everyone that checks us out, sign up, sign up. She walks Canada. The goal is to launch with, you know, how many, how many name people do we want registered?
1: Ideally, I'd like to have 250 people uh, on the start date, which is January 24th. And the reason why signing up is important. I just want to offer something else is because when somebody goes to the, she walks Canada website, And they are sober curious. And it's a pretty lonely feeling, to be honest, to admit to yourself that you have a problem because the majority of us, when we admit for the first time, we think we are alone. And we think we are alone because nobody talks about it to their, like, nobody's going to, I was never going to say to my friends, I got a drinking problem while I had a drinking problem while we're having a drink. Like, come on, (laughs) you know, I don't have any sober friends. What? And so what happens when people register on the She Walks Canada website as a supporter or as somebody in the movement or as somebody who's donating to the cause, there's a little icon that drops on this Canadian map and every icon represents either a person or a team of people that are saying, yes, you can. I'm here. How can I support you? So that's why it's important to register.
0: So I know I have a really big community of supporters, people who have been following my journey. You know, this year was a big year. I almost, I almost slipped. I almost had a drink a few times, you know, with losing my mother and having to deal with everything, but I didn't. And it's because I have this supportive community. And so I look forward to my community registering Like that's all you you need to do is register. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe you want to clock your kilometers for you Americans out there. (laughs) It's kilometers, not miles. Um, (laughs) But, you know, okay, so we got to wrap up. We got, we got, listen, I'm going to have you back. We're going to check in because this walk goes till July and we're only in January. So I think we need to do a mid-walk check-in, but also like we need donations because you need to support the movement. And this is a passion project, just like the Resilience Project. The resilience Mm -hmm. project is a passion project. Blair Kaplan communications is my business. I'm a social media marketing expert and mentor. I'm a writer and a speaker. The resilience project came out of a need to create a community, just like this podcast, radical resilience. So I understand the importance of passion projects because your project She Walks Canada is changing lives. It is helping, it's educating, it's building community. And you're right, sobriety can be a very lonely road and it doesn't have to be. And Mm -hmm. in a time where we're so interconnected or not connected physically, but connected online, it's really important to have that, especially if today's the day you're making a change or tomorrow's the day or next week. So Mm -hmm. Lindsay, where can people find you?
1: Uh, Shewalkscanada.com. Shewalkscanada on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at lindsay sutherlandbowl.com uh, and lindsay sutherlandbowl on instagram
0: oh lindsay okay you know what i want to hear from you what's a piece of advice you have for someone who's going through a similar challenge or journey
1: Super so curious whichever uh, way you want
0: to go whatever advice you feel that our listeners need from you today
1: I would say that this piece of advice is not ne- um, advice is not necessarily for sober curious people who are sober, but I have become very present to there is one thing that stands between where we are and where we want to be, wherever that is. And that is that we've got... To stop carrying the emotional weight of others unwilling to carry their own emotional weight. We matter.
0: Yes. We matter. Protect your boundaries. (laughs) That's right. You are responsible for you. And that was so powerful, Lindsay. So I invite you to walk with me and Lindsay. Sign up at shewalkscanada.com. All of her information for the movement and for Lindsay is in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's been great connecting with you, Lindsay, and I cannot wait to see how many kilometers we can (laughs) clock in the next seven months. Thank Thank you. you, Thank you, Claire. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.